Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. And I'm very excited for uh, who I'm looking at on my screen right now. I I think she needs no introduction, but for formality's sake, stand-up comedian, uh, creator of Take My Wife, creator of the incredible stand-up special Rape Jokes, the podcast Query, and the new book Save Yourself, Cameron Esposito is on. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really, what a, what a effusive intro. Thank you. We were talking just before we came on the air. We're all dealing with strange noises in the background of all of these things. And Cameron, you're you're attempting to do this interview while there's literal jackhamming, uh, jackhammering outside of your place. So thank you. Jackhamming, a totally different thing. But there is <laughs> probably but, still going on, on in your neighborhood. There, though. There there is, um, yes, there actually, is. I think that's what was happening um, for my neighbors on Saturday night. My it was four o'clock in the morning and I heard what seemed to be like persistent bass but then i thought <laughs> i don't think so but i went ahead i went ahead and um <laughs> exited my bedroom and then looked out like my kitchen window and i could see into my neighbor's apartment where there were disco lights were going on and they were having a party i i don't even know if there were attendees what i do know is that <laughs> Two gay men live across the way, and we are dealing with this really differently because my girlfriend and I had made a vegetarian roast and gone right to bed at about 8 p.m. But these dudes were having, why? Why Why are you having a party at 4 o'clock? Why? Because you're just going to make your own self tired. (laughs) But that's what gay guys do. Like, gay men and gay women are dealing with this so differently. It just highlights, you know, like you, James, are a gay man who is spending your days in a unicorn floaty in your pool in the backyard (laughs) drinking margaritas. And my wife and I are watching Marvel movies like it's that true. (laughs) Are you actually spending it in a unicorn floaty in your pool in your backyard? Well, we were just talking about before you came on camera and I I, so I'm actually a nurse practitioner. And this weekend I was at the hospital. I was working. But my husband was who's super bored was like, I'm going to go dig up the old unicorn rainbow floaty. And he like blew it up. And then he was lounging nude in the pool in the backyard. We're having a hard time really getting the punches on our gay cards lately. I'm sure you can Mm -hmm. understand this, all of us. And so he felt Mm -hmm. like he really needed to amp it up. So he made, of course, a vodka soda something or other got nude on a unicorn floaty like what else is he supposed to do is that a shared pool or is that your own pool like what, <laughs> where, what kind of situation is he showing up to nude we're, we're thinking about actually giving out passes for people to come in and as long as you stay six feet away and we're going to start like charging people to like come to the pool and use it so we can talk off air Cameron about okay it. I mean great idea that being said like please also limit the number of people that come over you I mean especially if you're a nurse I don't have to tell <laughs> you god I got so stressed out i got so stressed out do you see how i'm dealing with this i'm like no veto like you don't even go in that pool no one goes in the pool stay inside your own room you're so you're a nurse you're working through this what what kind of are you in a hospital setting i'm assuming yes i am yeah i love that um i mean i'm glad you're excited about this i mean i'm very flattered that you want to interview me but i I feel like like we're supposed to interview you we yeah we we can talk and be we can talk about that in a second but come on you know it's like it's it's r- ridiculous to not at least mention that that's what's going on in your life if well, you're saying it. Yeah. Are you okay? You know what? Surprisingly, yeah, I'm okay. I am lucky. The uh, our, A lot of our listeners know this and Allie know this or whatever, but I, I work at a, a large academic research institution here in Los Angeles. But I'm lucky in that I work on a floor that is very specifically designated to take care of sick patients who do not have COVID. 
Mm. Um, so, cause there are, believe it or not, there still are some people in the hospital who don't have COVID. Um, right. and so they come through us. So I, I'm a little bit lucky in that I'm, my exposure is much less than a lot of people, but it, it's still a thing. It's very stressful. Even just, I mean, maybe it's different for you, but, um, my girlfriend has been super sick and is an immunosuppressed person. And I say all this mm. because we went to and from the hospital a couple times per the instructions of her doctors. And so I have seen what like a hospital setting looks like right now. Specifically, this was one of the larger hospitals in LA and there was like a military tent set up outside, you know, for the COVID um, waiting room. There was, there was no ER waiting room. It was, there's like a person that mm-hmm. is essentially like telling me to go home and her to be dropped off. Just such a different set of circumstances than anything I've seen before. Yeah, super scary. You know, even just to see um, something that you maybe have a lot of familiarity with look different. You know, so, I know what the ER looks like. It's not like I usually go there and at a time of my life where I'm feeling really stable and awesome. It's always, a, but, but at least you know what to expect, you know, right. like, and yeah. so to show up a place that you have a certain set of expectations and even for it to look different or like walking down the street to do a, an errand and everybody's got masks on and stuff like that. Did you guys get a test? Cause you said she wasn't feeling well and that you weren't really sure. Well, I feel like I don't want to totally talk about her. Like that's her like own medical yeah. uh, business, but more so just to talk about the experience of trying to solve a medical situation right now. Yeah. I guess I feel I feel a little like in between in terms of how to speak about this because it is somebody else's medical. No, obviously. You know, history and situation. Like, everyone's like, oh my God, everyone wants to know what it's like when something like that happens. And I think it's a tough thing to navigate of like how much information to share and how much to keep private because it is a mm-hmm. really private experience to go through something like that. And you're going through it for the first time. Everybody is, you know. Yeah, so I mean, thing. it's it's that it's but it's also like that it's not my you know history or medical history but that also you know i was doing a ton of i had save my book save yourself came out like the same week that her doctors instructed us to it was actually like the day after like the book came out on tuesday on wednesday was the first time we went to to urgent care and so i was doing a ton of i had to do this necessary pivot from tour dates to internet appearances and i just it's this very strange thing that i think a lot of folks who have public side of their work right now are trying to navigate. I know I certainly am trying to navigate it where it's like, we can't not acknowledge the things that are actually happening. Like you saying, I'm a nurse practitioner. It's like, I don't actually think it's appropriate to just move on from that and pretend like <laughs> we can just talk about a book. You know, I also don't think it's totally appropriate no. to like say, you know, everything's fine in my household. You know, she was sick for five weeks and like in oh bed for gosh. five weeks, you know? So I just mean, oh. how am I supposed to say... Am I just supposed to be in another room, like smiling? I mean, I just, there's an amount of that that feels like lying. So it's like how, but this is the thing I think a lot of folks have to deal with right now as we try to figure out um, how to share. No, absolutely. It's completely new territory. Well, we must transition into talking about your book. I know you have many more questions for James about being a nurse practitioner, but we will talk about your book when we take a break and come back right here on Drop the Subject with Cameron Esposito. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. All right, we're back on Drop the Subject with Allie and James, and we've been chatting with Cameron Esposito, uh, an amazing stand-up and creator of Take My Wife, and now new book is out, uh, Save Yourself. And we were just kind of chatting about how our experiences with COVID-19, especially when you are in the public a lot, how much to share versus how much to keep to yourself. Because you're doing stand-up on Instagram Live. 
and things like yeah. that. So it's like, I think authenticity is so important right now. And and I think it's kind of okay. On, on one hand, when you see it constantly, like COVID, 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 when you're scrolling, it can be really draining. But then on the other hand, it's kind of weird not to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's, it, that's exactly what I'm saying. Look at even somebody like, you know, Tom Hanks and Wilson, like talking about, they like said, we have this thing. It's not like we like followed their progression to healing. And so I just think it's very strange to, this is very, these are very strange times yeah, for a lot of reasons. It is a very strange time, but also kind of a good time for a book to come out in a way, right? I mean, I know you can't do your tour. You had your tour planned and now you're not doing that. But also, I mean, I, I don't really read a lot. And I'm like, totally, I'm going to order this book and read it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, there's also that. Yeah, aspect. that's right. You stay at home and you read it. Um, <laughs> well, if you don't read a lot, can I recommend audiobooks? I, as, as somebody who travels a lot for work under other circumstances besides these, I got into audiobooks a, a bunch of years ago and I have found it to be really a wonderful way to feel like I have a companion, even more so sometimes than podcasting. Mm-hmm. It just is a longer experience and usually something like six or seven hours. And I read the audiobook for this book. And yeah, anyway, what was that that's like? something that would, uh, the worst, one of the worst parts <laughs> of the book. <laughs> not for, say, not for other people. Like- I think, I think the performance is good. You read it for like, it's four days. You're speed reading oh it. Gosh. And there's a, in my case, there was a, you know, there's an, an audio engineer who was such a nice man, but we were strangers. You know, I didn't know this person before I go in to record the audiobook, and he's listening to me read stories of like my biggest traumas, but like, like very quickly, you know, like just like there's just a man, I'm just in a booth by myself being like, and then, and there's just a guy on. with headphones on being like, yep, 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 yep. But he was very kind. You know, there's a, there's a chapter in the book that, deals with um, me talking about my experience with sexual assault. And I am so hard on myself and demanding of myself always that like we read that chapter and then I was like, okay, let's keep going. And I was like, you know, blacking out or whatever. And this man was like, you know what? What if we just pick it up again tomorrow and i like <laughs> good for him though. so for appreciate him. this guy oh, look at nice. human beings taking care of each other um well, and that's that's one of the things i was going to ask is you know i part of me was like are do you find the mistakes is what my first thought mm. was like when you go back and read you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i wrote this that way but we're here it's published i gotta read it but i, I think more so the more important question is i'm sure rewriting about your traumas is one thing to relive it, but then actually speaking them out loud is a completely new way of having to relive that. And did you find it helpful or or like therapeutic or more harmful? What a great question. Uh, Well, first of all, you actually can, if it is your book, you actually can do minor edits as you go, which is amazing. Not that they're like needed to be a bunch of them, but the audiobook can be slightly different. Um, Like I just mean a sentence. So, mm-hmm. so luckily for people that are type A like myself, you don't have to be like, I used they when I meant them. Like you can just, you can actually just fix it, um, uh, which is amazing. Not that there was a bunch of that in there. There isn't because the book had been already copy edited by great people. But um, also I got corrected on some pronunciation. There are people who listen, like you, you, you know, record a piece by piece. There are people who listen to make sure that your pronunciation is as accurate as possible. And so, for instance, I found out that it is actually Tamagotchi and not Tamagotchi. Oh, <laughs> Which oh I did really? Not I thought it was Tamagotchi. Yeah. Well, I'm here to spread oh, the gospel no. of Tamagotchi. I'm kind of a 
life have I been learned? I know. I like really, and and you can veto it. I like really fought him on this, but then I was like, probably me, the white person from America. I'm probably not the one that's like, I know how to say this Japanese uh, word, you know. Um, Tamagotchi. So anyway, um, you know, I don't think, I think it the dedication of the book is to like little queer kids everywhere. And, you know, I talk about who am I writing this for? And it's like for the, you know, the queer person that, that needs to like feel their story affirmed. And really that is me, you know, I'm included in that group of people. Like I often think about when I do stand up that I'm, you know, I'm doing stand up for my younger self. Actually, all comics are just so, you know, um, you know, we're all <laughs> just talking to ourselves at a different age mm-hmm. and sort of affirming our feelings. It's just that sometimes it's like a very, you know, sometimes it's a, a man who's a big asshole. And so you can't see that he's actually just trying to talk to his younger self and to be his, like, it's OK, self. sweetheart, right. like you're fine. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, you know, the person who's heard me, my, my stand up is very affirming towards queer identity. And it's like, you're OK and you're beautiful and, I'm, and you're welcome here. The person who's heard me do stand up the most is me. Obviously, the person who needs to hear sure. this is me. I need to hear this more than anybody else. So it includes that feeling. It included that feeling for me of just like, I see what you've been through, me. You know, like what a, you know, it's art is just a feedback loop for ourselves, you know, of affirmation, I often think. Yeah. It must be really surreal to see kind of your life story between two between two book covers, you know, to be like, that's that's it. That's my story. Um, There you go, everybody. I know. Well, I hate to say that we have to go, but you can pick up Cameron Esposito's book, Save Yourself. I'm I think I'm gonna do audiobook. I wanna hear your voice tell me about it. Um, I have a beautiful voice. I know. So really enjoy the audio. Also, let's get to the real problem here, which is uh, lesbians with short hair are probably having a really tough time right now. Have you tried to cut your own hair? Yeah, can't you see? Look, I know, but but it looks (laughs) really good. My girlfriend. So so my girlfriend Katie was sick for a super long time, right? And the way that we sort of emerged as butterflies from our separate chrysalises, chrysalis, chrysalis, whatever it is, chrysalis was that's right. um, Was that we you know cut each other's hair, and she wanted to shave her head, which looks amazing, or like buzz get a buzz cut. It looks very good. Mm -hmm. And then the next job that had to happen was then someone had to trim my hair, which is like, she was literally like, do you understand how stressful this is? Like your hair is a whole part of your business. Yeah. And your like identity. And and like, (laughs) just, uh, I mean, we were using like construction paper scissors, you know, we didn't even have like the right scissors. So, um, my hair does, she did the best she could. It looks good. Construction paper scissors to trim my hair in our driveway. Um, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> I'll get through it. I have to trim my wife's bangs later today, so that'll be fun. Oh, snip uh, up. Okay. You know, that's the thing, right? Not across, up. So when you're cutting bangs, uh-huh. you don't want to go across like the horizon. You're going to go up and you're going to snip them up. Okay. I feel like she's going to end up with baby bangs. It's just that's, this is what we're preventing because when you try to go across, when you try to go straight across, uh-huh. invariably, you cannot make a straight line. Okay. So then okay. you have to go short Shorter to try to even out shorter, 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 shorter. you know, Uh but, but if you just snip up, then you're not necessarily trying to create like such a straight line that you're cutting all at once. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm in your boat where I have kitchen scissors. So we'll see. I'll, I'll take I think this is going to be great. You know, <laughs> okay. I, think I think this sounds awesome great. Too. Giant kitchen scissors and just get them really close to her eyes. You know what <laughs> okay. I mean? Just get them really close to her eyes. <laughs> just no eyelashes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See how it goes. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, okay. Awesome. Cameron, thanks so much. We're going to let you go. But, Y'all um, were a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. You're a pleasure too. Uh, we'll be right back with more drop the subject. 